We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our first basketball mini of four co-managed draft of the season. That's what we're doing today on Road of His Overtime, a bonus episode of the show. Myself, Colin Kelly, along with Sean Siegel. We're going to be drafting, as we've just found out, from the 102. So I'm excited to see how we go here. The tricky part when we do these drafts, Sean, is when we have a pick at the turn. It's okay on this 102, but on the other picks then, it's pretty rapid fire when you're also trying to do the podcast with the 30 second clock but we will try our best to manage it and hopefully people will enjoy along the way if you are playing over at underdogfantasy.com you can use the promo code rotoviz to get yourself a 100 sign up bonus up to 100 while playing over there sean the 102 we did joke last year at one point that you know i mentioned this that i was happier getting some of these later draft picks because i was having so many 101s 102s 103s Feels like we may be off to the same start here. It's either got to be Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. I feel though they are the only two options here. <laughs> and we'll just see whichever is left for us. Is that how you're thinking? Well, you're, you're not going to give Christian McCaffrey even a, even a consideration, it sounds like. I think the listeners of the podcast know that that's probably correct. Not not Nothing against Christian McCaffrey, but we have to start off here, Sean, with some wide receivers on our, our first BBM draft of the year. I think so, especially from the 102. And as you mentioned, you know, it's, it's very nice to get this early pick. Colin, you're not going to make any friends by saying that you're getting too many 101s and 102s. I thought you were saying I wasn't going to get any make any friends by drafting running backs at the start of drafts. And, and that's why I've been drafting wide receivers all this time. But in all fairness, Christian McCaffrey, I do think the next part of this is when it gets to the 103 sean the drafter has taken tyreek hill but i i do think christian mccaffrey for me is probably that 103 uh, tyreek hill cooper cup go next mccaffrey at the 105 which i think is exceptional value there followed by travis kelsey how do you feel about post those two guys who i mentioned that are for me the clear top options are you going into christian mccaffrey then at 103 or are you still taking those other two wide receivers over him well, I have my underdog rankings pulled up, and it'll be a great exercise here in working through whether or not those rankings really work. One of the things that you want to do as you put your rankings together is find out if you're comfortable actually making the selections that fit there. Because one of the things that, as much as you fight it, you have the pull of the entire community, you have that risk aversion where you don't want to be wrong now we do receive messages somewhat frequently saying that my rankings are often pretty out there and maybe the listeners don't get the impression that i'm worried about being wrong on them which what i would say is that i mean you're going to be wrong at different points and you can't let that fear move you off of the right players and make you so conservative that your rankings aren't meaningful aren't helpful but i mean none of us like to be wrong and so from a human perspective all of those things come into play but what we really want to find out is when you're on the clock and when you're trying to win the three million dollars so again column 
$3 million to first place here. Whatever the rankings are, I mean, you you better be comfortable drafting off of those. And that was sort of a long-winded way to say, I have Cooper Cup number three, and then Christian McCaffrey four, Bijan five, Jonathan Taylor six. So I actually do have a little bit of running back inflation ahead of some of the other names there. I'm not quite as comfortable with the Hill, Diggs, Devontae Adams group of receivers in the middle of round one as ADP indicates. That's not to say that they're not fantastic players. They won't be good picks, but... I mean, even though you know that you have to be very wide receiver heavy early in these drafts, I don't know that we're getting quite the scoring level that it seems like you should when you're talking about players that early. One of the guys that we really do like that I have ranked above ADP, Jalen Waddell, he's someone where if he ends up outscoring Tyree Kill this season, that wouldn't be remotely surprising. I mean, he's going to be a better value in drafts than Hill. I mean, unless Hill hits his very top outcome or close to the top and Waddle hits an outcome that really is pretty surprising. Yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting. And that's always, you know, if you're drafting, Sean's rankings are available up on rotaviz.com. You can check them out. If you're drafting at the FFPC, you're able to check those out as well while drafting. Huge advantage being able to have those. We are one pick away. T. Higgins goes at the 207. That's one pick ahead of, well, we're on the clock now. Sean will run down the picks that are available after. Devontae Smith, Chris Olave are, are two of the prime options here for me. I, I feels like a spot where Olave is usually going in the mid-second round. I think it's a pick of Olave. I, I'm good with both, but we'll, we'll go based on your rankings today, I think. And I do have Olave in the middle of the second round. I still have Brees Hall very early. And so he's somebody else that I would consider at that point the news on the injury seems relatively positive if he's healthy i mean he's going to absolutely crush i think he would be the rb1 and so if you're even having to take a little bit of a slow start it's still very appealing and you mentioned based on where you have him he he has an adp of 28.8 so 29 basically he is in your rankings as your rb6 he's going as the rb10 so there is an opportunity to get those the goal here sean we take Olave, Devonte smith or Brees hall hoping one of those gets back to us tony pollard goes off the board so we're guaranteed to get one of those two back it's gonna be an interesting decision here to see which one we take if both of them come back to us uh, but both very good options to try and pair along with chase and also with Olave. so let's see Devonte smith goes off the the board sean you also have Travis Etienne in the queue. Is there a decision to be made here, or is it clearly Brees Hall? I think it's got to be clearly Hall. The top three players by ADP, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Hall. I think those other running backs are fine selections as well, but for me, it's got to be Hall. So we take Brees Hall. That lines up one running back. That is a third-round running back, but we do get uh, a nice start here, I think, with Chase Olave and then Reese Hall paired into it. Would your decision have been, and I feel it may have been, would you have went with Hall over Smith if that was the the availability at that point? Well, I think especially early on here in the BBM4 season, you want to get enough drafts under your belt where you have a lot of early wide receivers and you get a feel for how to build out the receivers early before you start feathering in too many of those early running backs. So I think that there's a pretty strong argument just structurally that if you are getting a good price on Devontae Smith, which it would have been if he had gotten one more spot to us, that you want to go ahead and take that. Then you have the three early wide receivers. You don't have to be as concerned about the wide receiver avalanche wiping you out. You pull up the Rotoviz underdog roster construction explorer and you're going to see that wide receiver times four to start these drafts has been extremely successful one of the reasons for that obviously because you have to have the three receivers only the one flex in underdog roster requirements how that starting lineup is put together and now especially the adp has become more wide receiver heavy you sort of have both dynamics now with the receivers where They have the scoring punch that's mitigated a little bit in half PPR, but that's balanced out again by what the format actually is with the two running back, three receiver, one flex. But then all of those 
dynamics where later running backs can emerge and be league winners, those things still exist, but it's harder to get your receiver depth. So the argument that was always made about taking some running backs early and getting back to receiver was that wide receiver is deep. That was never really the case, but it's now so clearly not the case that drafters are loading up on receiver and you can be completely wiped out if you don't have some aggressiveness there. So from that perspective, I think you want to get very comfortable with how these drafts are going to go before you start pivoting to running backs, even running backs that you like and will, you think will be values once you get everything put together. You want to be very careful about that in the early going. Yeah, and I think the other part of that is now with people adopting a more wide receiver heavy approach early, obviously that has been the case over the last couple of years, but more so even this year, I think we're going to start to see, and we are seeing less running backs going in those opening four rounds which is going to push some of those guys down as well so also the other part is going to be interesting to watch the development of the running back dead zone for example and how things play out based on how people are drafting in this specific format for the half point ppr we will be drafting sean in two selections jerry judy's there kenneth walker's there tj hawkinson keenan allen jackson smith and jigby so we're going to have multiple options here Allen is somebody who we've talked about in the podcast a number of times has been extremely undervalued at the moment based on ADP, but he does go at the 409. That is the 45th pick. Then Kenneth Walker goes, Sean, it's set up here to be uh, the one and only Jerry Judy, I think. I think that it is too. There are some concerns. You still have the Russell Wilson situation. You have Marvin Mims as a priority pick for them. That is, makes so much sense and we think that he's going to be an instant impact guy i think that that's going to have a bigger impact on Cortland sutton potentially on tim patrick i don't think that they're going to have quite the emphasis on the tight ends although we know that someone like a jimmy graham has had huge fantasy seasons under sean payton but jerry judy this is the breakout year so we're set on Jerry Judy. That leaves us waiting here, and I'm hoping that we get one more spot. That means TJ Hawkinson will come to us. There's one more selection to be before our next pick. DeAndre Hopkins went. Then, obviously, we're at the turn, so we're waiting on the 101 drafter to take their selection. Jackson Smith and Jigbo, who I mentioned, is in the queue as well as an option. Chris Godwin. So Justin Herbert was off the board. Sean. I, I would be leaning to Hawkinson here at tight end. Are you leaning into tight end at this particular point? This is the, the 502. Or are you looking to continue now because we did take a running back to add in Smith and Jigba at this point? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, he's going to be, I mean, he's going to be the guy. He's going to score a lot of points. You're going to wish you had him on your roster, especially late in the best ball season. I think that he will be one of those players who is, a tournament winner so we'll, are you talking here about jsn or Hawkinson? I am. Just i'm talking about jsn yeah and i so, thought that's who you're with people might be wondering what are you talking about <laughs> right i i think with the rookie at this point you do want to and it depends on how many drafts you're doing obviously but he's going to be such a good option when you have picks in the middle of the round when you don't have some of the flexibility that we have when you have the 102 and so I think he makes a little bit more sense there. You don't want to get going so enthusiastically again, especially with a rookie that your exposure ends up being really high with Hawkinson being a little bit of a faller right there. And it, you know, is about a half round early for JSN. I think that moves us back in the direction of Hawkinson and Colm, I know that he has been one of, <laughs> if not a, a clear cut starter in the all time ot lineups he was one of the guys who really drove that superflex ffpc team to the finals last season we got a little bit lucky with that in that the trade to minnesota just was a huge catalyst for his emergence as a star they have selected jordan addison they still have kirk cousins are you on board with the idea that he's going to be able to continue to do what he did in the second half of last season? It mightn't be a case where he does to the extent and to the, the concentration of, you know, points, targets, receptions, and so on. But I, I think that he's going to be a top 
five tight end this year we take him at tight end four in this draft uh, i think that looking at where that offense is going we all have our questions around kirk cousins but you're in a situation where he came in and things worked out as smoothly as they did as quickly as they did you know you look at things like another off uh, off season and the offense to get acclimatized always like teams that play in domes there's a little bit of the advantage there and i i just think that when we look around this offense as a whole in terms of you know we're talking about jsn and you're looking at how does that concentration of targets work with lockett still there with dk metcalf there with you know geno smith as much as we love him as the quarterback and we're in a situation then when we're looking at minnesota where the two clear stars in terms of the pass catching options are hawkinson and is justin jefferson so i'm pretty confident that we're gonna see maybe not a 16 or 17 game sample of what we've seen since the trade but we're going to see a pretty strong season where we're not going to be wondering where hawkinson has gone that that was the start of the breakout the breakout is going to, to continue here love to hear you say that with that being the case it does look like one of kyle pitts or dallas goddard will make it to our next pick that obviously an interesting contrast there in terms of would we have preferred to have jsn and now goddard versus taking hawkinson and looking at guys like mike evans deandre swift george pickens jordan addison at the top of the list here colin what are you thinking here we got 10 seconds I think, uh, well, you can overrule me on the Mike Evans pick if you want. I think I would go George Pickens here. I didn't know if you were going to overrule. We didn't have much time left. It was almost like Sean asked me the question. I was waiting to see if he decided just to pick whoever he wanted. I'm interested now to see if he would have went with Evans. Uh, there's a chance Evans comes back to us. You mentioned about the uh, tight end situation. Pitts did go one pick before. I would have potentially been interested in doubling up on tight end if Pitts had made it true, um, like Goddard as well, but just not as much as I still like Pitts, particularly his value. Pitts in this draft goes at the 6'10", Goddard goes at the 6'12", then we get Cam Akers. So we're in a situation, Sean, now here where we do have an option to potentially, if you wanted Evans at that last pick, to take him again. DeAndre Swift is there as an option. Jahan Dodson, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson. Um, I, I would be between uh, Dodson, I think, and Evans here. Um, but have you a lean towards Swift, or where do you want to go? Now, Sean takes Mike Evans. The question comes back. Sean... When we were on the clock at the 6-11, did you want to take Mike Evans or George Pickens? Well, if, if I'm doing it solo, then I probably take Evans and then Swift. But I, I love George Pickens. I think there is the chance for the breakout. Deontay Johnson was one of the most disappointing players in the entire league last year. I think that he gets it going again in 2023. But once you're coming off of a down season, there's not a guarantee that you get it back. And the frustrating part with Pickens was that with all the highlight plays that he put together, the issue was one of really commanding targets. Now, I mean, his situation going back to college with the injuries that he had makes it a little more complicated there because we're still anticipating that this is the guy who may end up being the biggest talent from that draft class last year. He had to play with, you know, sort of a poor quarterback to start with in Mitchell Trubisky. And then you get a rookie quarterback who's trying to kind of learn his way and a breakout with Pickett and Pickens together is one of the potential plays that could lead a lot of your teams to fantasy titles in 2023 so you want to have exposure to that it's also a situation here where drafting pickens gives us the chance to go with kenny pickett later to get that pairing at qb right now column we have a number of potential later round quarterbacks who would accomplish that we have olave we have judy we have pickens we have evans the quarterbacks from those four players are not going to be expensive and that's helpful for us in this particular draft because we didn't select a QB early. One of the potential picks that got close to us but didn't come back was Joe Burrow. If he had come back in that fourth round when we already have Jamar Chase and we know how expensive the star QBs are this season, would that have been just a, a very easy clear-cut pick? 
Yeah, what a, <laughs> he just went off the board just before us so with Sean sharing the draft board now to, to look through it. And I think that would have been a tough one to uh, to pass up if he did make it back. We go Jerry Judy at that point. He goes at the 43rd pick. We picked at the, the 47. We never really got into that discussion ahead of the pick, but yeah, he would have been interesting. Then you're looking at Justin Herbert, then Trevor Lawrence, then Sean Watson based on the next two rounds. There's only three quarterbacks going there. So there is that split once you get to Herbert. There's the gap then kind of down below that. So we'll see. And Sean, as the listeners know, we tend to we like to get our elite quarterbacks. There's no doubt about that. But in some of these drafts, we like to take our shots on, on those later options as well. So we have some potential options to pair in. I'm pretty happy with how this has played out so far. We took Brees Hall when you were talking about loading up on the wide receiver position and, and the benefits of that. But I think, you know, outside of what we have done with the six wide receiver or the five wide receivers, we have got our tight end and we've also got Brees Hall. I think we're setting up here pretty nicely to give us a lot of flexibility as we move on throughout this draft we're seven selections away sean i mentioned that i would have potentially leaned Jahan dodson when we were at that last selection he is still available let's see if he sneaks his way back we have quentin johnson as well available we are in a range here potentially where some of the quarterbacks will be will be quite interesting too so we'll see how it plays out we are still six selections away before we are up how are you feeling about these next couple of rounds and where this team may start to you know, develop in, in a different direction? I don't think it's going to get to us, but certainly Dotson and Johnston would be slam dunk picks here. We have five wide receivers. We know that right about eight is the sweet spot in underdog. You want to get there early, but you don't want to overdraft the receivers. Then you don't want to have so much exposure that you're not getting the full running back depth that you need. I added a lot of running backs to the queue recently in Javante Williams, James Cook, Brian Robinson, Devin A. Chain, Rashad Penny, Samash A. P. Ryan, Kendra Miller. And then a little bit later, you've got guys like Jarrett McKinnon and Roshan Johnson. So there are a lot of guys to pick from there. One of the things to always keep in mind is just because there are a lot of guys that will go kind of in a group. So you're not going to be able to add all of those players, obviously, to your team. Cullen, we did see those two wide receivers go off the board right before us there. Johnson was the 807, Dotson 808. We are now on the board at the 811. The other thing that happened was that Tua went two picks yeah. ahead of us. So I don't know that this is a particularly clear spot to pick in. I do like either Javante Williams or James Cook, who are the two top guys by ADP. Yeah, they're the two options I think we, we should go for here. And I'm good with which way you want to go. I'll let you lead it since we're basing it on the the rankings here so we do go for james cook i think the tiebreaker still falls towards cook there purely around williamson and his recovery from injury is that still a concern for you and i guess it's a concern for everyone because he wouldn't be going as a running back 28 if that wasn't a concern yeah it's huge right so i have cook at the running back 19 i think it's a fantastic value for him Williams as running back 21. I'm very comfortable taking them both, but you have to go into the Williams pick with eyes wide open. Samaj P. Ryan, somebody who is available a little bit later, and also seems like he's going to be a huge scorer. Colin, this is a fun early draft. We've got Brees Hall. If Javante Williams is healthy in the second half of the year, I mean, you're talking about a guy who would be a consideration clearly in the mid-second round, if not at the one-two turn. We add him in and we're trying to win the three million dollars. We're not gonna yeah, we're get cold those, feet or we're, we're rooting for those knees to, to be one hundred percent. Everyone's yeah. knees heal here over the next couple of months. But uh if if we hadn't went uh, with Williams there, we've gone running back, running back to get Cook and Williams in those two selections, and I, I'm pretty happy to pair them there with Brees Hall as we had. I think Bateman is probably the the selection there if we if we don't go that way. The the quarterback range you know, I'm trying to wait on some of these guys, quarterbacks by ADP that we have in the queue. Or Arn Rodgers would technically be going around this zone. Then you have Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Kenny Pickett, but they are all going kind of around, you know, Jared Goff's around after Rodgers, Carr's two rounds after that, and then Pickett as well after that. So in this particular draft that we were in, it feels like they are the, the, the correct selections. But if we hadn't have gone running back there, Sean, would it be a case, really for me, the the, the only wide receiver that really was standing out there was was Bateman. Obviously, 
uh, Jameson Williams goes a couple of picks after him. So the, the picks since have been Bateman, AJ Dillon, Jameson Williams, but Williams is going to be missing those uh, six games to start the season. Yeah, it's, it's so tough to take him when they've raised questions about his practice habits and when you have the suspension. I wouldn't be surprised. And we just picked a player who may miss the first six weeks with injury. And then once he is back, still not be 100%. So yeah. it, it's hard to, to criticize a player who, I mean, you're expecting him to actually play. And he's not going to get hurt in the first six weeks when he's on suspension. Now you say that, and it, obviously it's possible to get hurt or to get resuspended or fall afoul of the nfl in a variety well, let's of hope ways, he doesn't get but... resuspended that would be <laughs> terrible jameson if you're listening do not get resuspended please yeah it, it would be great if you used your devices in the correct locations column the kind of tension that we have in this draft is that we are loaded everywhere except for quarterback but quarterback counts and elite quarterbacks have really driven a lot of these teams over the last several years. You have a guy like Kyler Murray, where again, that oh, same he just went. I was just about to element, say. <laughs> yeah, where you don't know exactly when his contribution is going to come. But I like it because, as we mentioned before, you have Olave, you have Judy, you have Pickens. And those quarterbacks are still available. Yeah. And, and what, as you said, Kyler Murray, he did go off the board at the 10 06. And I still feel like I know there's the injury concern heading into the season. There's been concerns about play over the, the last couple of years at times. But I have to say, Kyler Murray feels like he's still been severely undervalued. When we look at our options, we are back on the clock. You know, Jared Goff is there. I, right at adp for golf there isn't a clear option for me unless we want to go brian robinson here at running back or some icp ryan we obviously have already gone the opposite direction I, i'm good here sean with golf if that's the way we want to go and then reevaluate at the the next selection here in four picks time but sean has gone with brian robinson which i'm also happy with here well robinson was one of the guys that i mentioned as a post-draft winner at the running back position I think that he is positioned very nicely for the 2023 season. Colin, as I say that, we do need to make another pick here. And I mean, I might, I was going to make a pitch for Kendra Miller, but he actually goes in between the two selections. I kind of want to wait at quarterback because. Let's go, Pete. Is P Ryan the way you want to go? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, are we going to get it? We. We got it, Sean. That I, I think you clicked. If we end up winning this, I think you clicked draft. There must be, you know, in the NFL where the ref is or the official is meant to, you know, look at the play clock, then look at the ball, then look back up. You know, you get that little bit of a extra beat at zero 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 on the clock. And uh, it's like, Sean, we, you know, I might I might check the video footage of this to see if we got in on time. But we get P Ryan. I don't know. Sean was going to let it go to golf. I, I'll be honest and hold my hands up here. We don't have any uh, players from the, the Detroit Lions, Sean, on this roster. And my brain, as we start to do this draft, we're doing it live. I can't separate Jared Goff from TJ Hawkinson in my mind. So we have Hawkinson on this roster and we have no need. I'm, I'm glad we, we bypassed Goff on those two selections. That was maybe an error on my part. We'll see if he gets back, though, uh, potentially in the next round. I think he's going to be gone well past ADP, but... I feel in this draft, and I don't know how you're feeling about it at this point, but I'm good if we can get Kenny Pickett and Russell Wilson to pair along with Sam Howell here as our dream quarterback room. How are you feeling about that, if we can pull it off? Did you just say Kenny Pickett and Russell Wilson as our dream quarterback room? With Sam Howell. The yeah, three-headed so monster. The three-headed monster. One of the things that we do know about these underdog drafts is that the two-quarterback approach, and we've written about two quarterbacks in the window for a long, long time, that tends to be the way to win. Now, the other element of it in the last several years is that even above the window, that elite QB with another QB and potentially waiting a little bit on the second quarterback can be a very dynamic attack 
as well. You're not really looking to do the three quarterback, but we want to remain mentally flexible. So if there's an element where we're probably going to need that third quarterback in order to have the overall roster firepower, and if it's the case where we have a QB that we have ranked enough higher that it's sort of a no-brainer anyway, then kind of we're not going to let the fact that there are some differences and clear differences and differences stretching over multiple years in terms of win rate, advance rate, that type of thing. We're not going to be so inflexible that we pass up a player who makes a lot of sense for this particular roster. So as you mentioned, this could be a Pickett, Wilson, either Ritter or Howell draft. I've put Jordan Love in the queue as well. We had some interesting reports this past week that people covering the team think that Romeo Dobbs could be the main guy in the passing game, at least from the perspective of leading with receptions. Now, if you watched last year's preseason where Jordan Love played extensively, then he and Romeo Dobbs had a great connection. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I expect Christian Watson to be the guy. He was just so good last season. But with the pick and with some of the enthusiasm surrounding Jaden Reed, I would still recommend that people keep an eye on Romeo Dobbs. He's someone who could be undervalued. We expect to score a lot of points this next season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Colin, we are now into the range here where we could see the quarterbacks go. Sadly, Russell Wilson goes right before it. Then Dobbs was the pick right ahead of us. I was going to select a Dobbs and then come back with Jordan Love at the 13.02. Where would you like to go here? I think we go with Pickett. Are you happy to take Kenny Pickett here? Uh, I had a question then to add into that on Kenny Pickett in terms of where he is going at underdog at the moment ranked as the quarterback 25 you have him as the, the quarterback 19 in your rankings but that is a mid-round 10 grade that you have him in him we get him at the the 12 11 the picks in between alec pierce and chase brown we know that Ch- chase brown is a huge riser one of the trendiest players in fantasy we like him Colin, this is a, a great spot for love even without having romeo dobbs yeah let's do it i i would have been interested as well and potentially going with uh schultz or dulcich there as the the second tight end but i think based on how we've gone a quarterback i think that makes makes sense to add it and disappointing to not be able to pair it up as you mentioned with dobbs but it would have been tricky there we could only have taken two out of those three players and with how the roster has developed so far probably having the two quarterbacks makes sense pick it again do you feel like you're higher on Pickett than most people, or do you feel that the market's just not right at the moment? Well, I think you have to have a ranking that reflects his chance to break out. And anyone who has followed Blair Andrews' research, and I mean, this is also intuitive in its own way, but the numbers are there as well, that for 
first round quarterback picks year two is the breakout it's easy to look at some of the hiccups in year one and even think back to trevor lawrence who's an uber prospect and how he struggled the value that you got on him in last year's drafts pretty significant i like the weapons that are around Pickett. so when you are in a situation where you have a deontay johnson you have a george pickens you have a pat fryer muth I mean, we don't necessarily believe in him, but you can even add in depth of Allen Robinson. You can add in Darnell Washington, a fantastic value that they just got in the rookie draft. And out of those quarterbacks that haven't broken out, if you don't include Love, who hasn't played yet, he definitely has the best you know, talent around him in terms of offensive players. Yeah, you look at the weapons for C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson. I mean, it's it's pretty excruciating, right? It's bleak. And so from that perspective, you want to bet on the guy. And you can look back historically, too, at which quarterbacks do break out. And there's this strong connection to players who are surrounded by better weapons. You can even think back to last season where we see Tua break out once they add in Tyreek Hill. I want the QB where you have the weapons. Obviously, we already had George Pickens. And that's sort of another little thing. We have a question about this that we're going to address sort of in a, a full show or, or part of a full show kind of going into rankings and going into underdog but the ranking on Pickett at what as well reflects the fact that he is a nice player to put with Fryermuth, to put with Deontay Johnson, to put with George Pickens. And all of those guys are priced in a range where you can do both of those things without having to really extend yourself and break down other parts of your build. So we I think it's really hard not to like him a little ahead of where he's being priced. Yeah, and you know, with Sean's rankings, based on where he went in this, we take him at the back of the the twelfth round. But when we look in terms of that eleventh round, the players that go after him, and we did talk about this Sean during this draft that there's a bit of a flat zone there. Three picks away from our next selection, we will then do a, a roster rundown as we close out towards the end of the draft to see where we need to add those spots. We currently have two quarterbacks, five running backs, five wide receivers, one tight end. It's going to be interesting. I was hoping, Sean, some of these tight ends would have slid back. I mentioned Greg Dulcich. The last round, he goes five, four picks ahead of us. Then Sam Laporta went in that next selection. So we'll see what potentially could come back to us. We talked on our draft earlier this or our show earlier this week about Michael Mayer versus the rookie tight ends and how things would play out there. He is somebody who is still available here as a potential option. Quite a few wide receiver options, Sean, going in this range as well. Who are you targeting? Who are you hoping is that player that lasts one more selection here? Well, Rondell Moore is somebody I've had ranked a lot higher. There's such a big gap between my rankings and ADP that I have to make sure I look at that and make sure that that isn't mostly a mistake on my part. He's obviously less enticing as well now that we get the impression that DeAndre Hopkins will be back. I think that this looks like either Wondell Robinson or Michael Mayer. Which way do you want to lean? We have who do you think may get back to us and who do you think won't? So let's make the ADP call on that in terms of highest ADP here, which is Wendell. So we'll go with Wandale. He's somebody who probably undervalued because they added a lot of pieces that are vaguely similar, obviously coming off of the injury, but the way he looked in his limited run last year after they made a very clear bet on him in the draft. He's going to be ahead of some of these other guys. When you talk about Hyatt in terms of trajectory, he's going to be more talented than some of the other underneath pieces. So I like that selection. Mayer does come back to us, as you mentioned. So we'll go with him on this pick. And Colin, this is kind of back to the position now to discuss a topic that was on our minds early, which was how do you get enough wide receivers? Because once you hit... I mean, it's not even really a dead zone. It's this vast desert at the receiver position once the key guys are gone. So we had the five receivers early, but then not another one. We're just up to six right now. We have three selections left. We know that two of those need to be wide receivers. There are going to be some interesting running backs who are still left. We're discussing taking Sam Howell because... I mean, frankly, if you won a tournament with Kenny Pickett and Jordan Love as your QBs, you would be surprised, right? So the other we note still have on a that lot is, that we want to do and three picks left. The, the other part of that is if, on the wide receiver point that you made, there is almost 100 picks in terms of 
when we picked our fifth and when we picked our sixth. So you mentioned that chasm. There's quite a a big space there, and that that gives you the option then to ideally we would have some more higher end elite quarterbacks to pair with these maybe one and then these two guys are uh kenny pickett and one earlier but the way things played out this has obviously felt like the right call throughout this draft we'll see how it plays out at the end of the draft and how it plays out come best ball mania for final time but sean to give a run through the entire roster we have kenny pickett we have jordan love Brees Hall, James Cook, Javante Williams, Brian Robinson, Samaje P. Ryan. Then as we move into the wide receivers, it's Jamar Chase, Chris Olave, Jerry Judy, George Pickens, Mike Evans, Wendell Robinson. And then that gives us Hawkinson and Mayer as our tight ends. One question some people might just be asking, sometimes we'll touch on, um, you know, having a handcuff option, I guess we'll say, in a, a running back room, for example, like we have here with Williams and P. Ryan. I, in this situation for me it's a little bit different because you also have the baked in concerns about the recovery in those early weeks you mentioned the possibility that Williams might miss the opening couple of weeks of the season is that one where you're willing to make that choice or is it a case that we know we've talked about P Ryan in the past and we've talked about Williams as a case you just like the talent of both guys how, how are you playing into that as having the two running backs on the same roster yeah you still wouldn't want to have a handcuff situation if you have a really any other good options to play it but i don't look at this really as a handcuff situation so much as both of these guys individually should score a lot of points when we talk about backfields that have this dynamic we look a little bit at your packers backfield with aaron jones and then either jamal williams or aj Dillon behind him but the most obvious example would be all of those saints backfields with alvin Kamara and then mark andrews and then Mark Ingram, or a variety of other backs there. Russell Wilson doesn't throw to the running backs in the same way. We'll see if Sean Payton really schemes it to force him to do that. But Payton has been such a source of fantasy points to the running back, and both of these guys' potential stars, I think they can score meaningful points that would have them undervalued at the prices that we paid if they're together. And then obviously, if you do get one of them hurt, the other guy is a league winner who you'd really want to have up there in round three. So yeah, it's not a handcuff situation. It's a bet on talent, and it's a bet that this running back group is going to score a ton of points. Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to say is the the price makes it affordable rather than you know taking a Brees Hall and then trying to get into Banacanda later. I think this works out in a much better way. So Thornton goes off the board, Reed goes off the board, Sean. We are in a situation where Reed would have been nice to go with love. We're on the clock. Seconds are ticking down. How are you feeling here about rounding this out? It would have been that would have been my pick, would have been Reed, but I want to leave this one up to you as we sit here. Yeah, so it doesn't exactly fit, but we're gonna go ahead and take Chuba. He's easily the best player available. And then looking specifically at the wide receivers down the stretch. Do you have a guy that you like? I mean, Hodgson, somebody who does project to factor in there. I mean, I'm tempted to take a Richie James with the Kansas City Chiefs. We don't even necessarily know that he'll make the roster. The other... I'm good going with Trey McBride if you want to go tight end. So we're going to end up here with a build that is not precisely ideal, but yeah. we are going to lean into taking the best player. So I think that... When we do the recap, we're looking at TJ Hawkinson, even with a good price there. In retrospect, you want a wide receiver instead. Again, I think that same thing is true with Mayer because you're going to get McBride at this price. We passed on Rondell hoping to get the fantastic price. That didn't turn out. He goes a little bit ahead of our pick. Colin, the thing that was really heartbreaking is that right before we selected we lose Tyquan Thornton. And he was the guy that I think is such a clear-cut pick. The handful of picks kind of running up to us. And again, in round 16, it, it falls off a cliff, so you have to be aware of this. I'm not saying that we necessarily thought these guys would make it or they should have made it. But Rondell Moore, Marvin Mims, Mechie, Shakir I think is a little bit more of a thinner path, but somebody we do like. And then Thornton and Jaden Reed. Reed would have been someone interesting because we have Jordan Love. It's unfortunate to get Love at a great price and yet not have 
someone paired up with him there. So that's what happened in round 16 at the receiver position. It is one of the reasons why if you have a pick in the middle of the rounds, you're in a little bit of better position to get the falling values and not have to reach McCollum. Obviously, we can't complain about being able to get Jamar Chase at the beginning. As we head into round 18, we're going to have to take a deep wide receiver option at this point. Yeah, we'll see the, the goal here. <laughs> it's not going to happen, Sean. The, the hope would be that we, we see Hodgson's make it back to us. Um, but I, I'm not overly confident on, on that being the case. We did get kind of my I had a couple of options that I really was hoping to come back to us there, and they all kind of got wiped out pick by pick by pick. So we also lost out on Sam Howell just before that. Then, as you mentioned, um we get Thornton that goes off the board, then we get Reed, who would have made sense for this build. I was at a, a really flat zone there in terms of the players available. We go with tight end, which, as you mentioned, isn't the, the most ideal scenario for these builds. Was there somebody else who was in the mix there for you that you would have taken over the tight end? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. The The receiver position is, is definitely barren at this point. But to mention a few of the guys who are still available and are interesting in, you know, one way, shape, or form. You have Justin Ross, another off-season puff piece hero it's hard to resist that but it does feel like burning a pick to no value we have jerry judy on this particular team you can add in a tim patrick who because he didn't play last season is probably getting pushed down farther than he deserves at the same time he can be farther than he deserves and still not be a good pick for the types of rosters that we like to build cedric tillman an interesting selection there with the Cleveland Browns. We're not really on him as a prospect, but the Browns still a team I think that needs a lot at receiver. I mean, Elijah Moore could come in there and do some serious damage. So we'll have to track what he does, but that part a little bit tricky. And then Joshua Palmer, he's someone who can get forgotten because of the really strong selection of Quentin Johnston, but a player in that particular offense where those starters in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have really struggled to stay healthy. Palmer, one of these guys who has been both trendy and then also sort of a punching bag at this point. I kind of like him as the pick here. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes through in an injured situation. Yeah, let's go for it. It's always uh, concerning when we click on the player and the news, the most recent news is that he's sliding down the depth chart, but uh, you, know, you like, can always climb back up. down the depth chart. You know, Quentin Johnson in there, he's going to be the guy. You can always climb back up the depth chart again, as you mentioned, maybe true injury. The other players that are there, Cedric Tillman, uh, Tim Patrick, it'd be brilliant to see Tim Patrick come back, you know, come back healthy and be, you know, a big part of that offense, but it is pretty crowded there at the, the particular moment. Tillman or Ross, I think maybe going with the the upside play is, is another way to play it. But let's run let's run through the team, Sean, and see how we feel as the the dust has settled here. Um, the opening ten rounds, I think I was at a probably the high point, and it probably tailed off a little bit after that. But I'm still quite excited about this roster and uh, what we'll be able to, to take from it and learn from it. So we get Jamar Chase, Chris Olave, Brees Hall, Jerry Judy, T.J. Hawkinson, George Pickens. Mike Evans, James Cook, Javante Williams, Brian Robinson, Samaje P. Ryan, Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love, Wendell Robinson, Michael Mayer, Chuba Hubbard, Trey McBride, and then we rounded out with Josh Palmer. So there's a couple of selections here, Sean, when we look at it, that I, I think you mentioned the pivot point of TJ Hawkinson. And looking back as to how the draft played out, I do think that that was somewhere where in hindsight, and this is the thing you can never know with hindsight, is how the draft's going to play out. We could have potentially got Dallas Goddard in the sixth round, for example, as our tight end. That was where we took George Pickens. Kyle Pitts, Sean, did go one pick ahead, as we mentioned at the time. But we, you know, looking through this draft and how, how it went, we could. I'm probably looking at, in hindsight, the best option in that fifth, sixth round is possibly to go with Drake London over TJ Hawkinson and then to go with Dallas Goddard over George Pickens, or would you rather have it as it currently is 
and pass up on both of those tight ends, go with Drake Lontner, Jackson Smith and Jigba with George Pickens and then see how wide receiver went later on in the draft. Yeah, I, I think that the way that we selected was the right pick at the time. Yeah. And then when you look at what the options were, I mean, a Christian Kirk, a Michael Pittman, a Drake London, I don't think that those guys really move the needle for us. I don't think it's a situation where we prefer to have them and then Dallas Goddard because George Pickens just sort of straight up, I think would be fine against those players. The question would be to take the tight end out completely. But again, I don't know those other guys move the needle. We talked about JSN. He's the player I would like there if we do go receiver. I think he's going to have a huge year. So we could look at that. Then the next spot that is interesting is we talked about that James Cook, Javante Williams turn, especially since we got Samaj P. Ryan at what I would consider a great price at the 11.02. Maybe at the Williams pick, then you take Rashad Bateman. But that's the reason why you have to be so aware of the way wide receivers come off the board in these drafts because Bateman now is in this situation where they've drafted over him with say flowers they've added Odell Beckham obviously Mark Andrews is still going to be the focal point there are questions about whether if you remove some of those Lamar Jackson runs that are so dynamic and keep this offense really on schedule then is he capable of passing to the level necessary to get all of these guys going? And then with Bateman, can he stay healthy? Is he the talent that we all thought he was? I like the pick, but there are reasons why he's there. But if Javante Williams gets healthy, you're looking at him just with a much, much higher ceiling, both in terms of giving you that RB1 upside in the fantasy playoffs and being a better flex play. So from both of those perspectives, again, I think that we made the right call. Brian Robinson, a good value. Samaj P. Ryan, a fantastic value. And then we get into the range where we have to take some quarterbacks. We do that. It's really mostly a matter then of if we had gone with Drake London, who's still a very solid pick, even with their decision to keep Arthur Smith, to go with Desmond Ritter. When you add Bijan, instead of doing other things to kind of round out that team, again, you're talking about things that hurt both his floor on a weekly basis and hurt his ceiling on a yearly basis. If you make that pick, then you can go with Desmond Ritter late and you don't necessarily feel pressed into drafting two quarterbacks right here. And so your second and one... In this particular situation, Desmond Ritter went at 198. We did Trey McBride at 194. Maybe in that situation, you know, we've passed on either Pickett or Love, but we leave the third tight end we take our our second quarterback there probably fits better right but then you look at it again you're like okay so if you don't take jordan love the quarterbacks who kind of go in the interim or the wide receivers i'm sorry who go in the interim are dj chark michael gallup nico collins josh downs rashid shaheed i mean none of those are guys you really want on your roster it's not to say that they couldn't be good football players this year or score some points collins could be the wide receiver one in houston for all the good that it may do him. So I, I think as as you go back through this draft, it really pushes you in the direction of thinking that you made the right call. I like that. If you're going to do something a little bit different, the quarterbacks here, for anyone listening and not seeing the YouTube version, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes went at the one-two turn to the same drafter. That puts the entire rest of the league under some pressure there because one player has taken those two guys both off the board. Jalen Hurts then in the mid-second. In order to get one of the difference-making quarterbacks, we would have had to do it instead of the Brees Hall pick at the 302 because Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields go immediately after that pick. As you work through this then, column, the rest of the guys, again, going so early here that I like targeting the QBs in the window one of the things that we were really looking at was a Tua pick, even without either of the two receivers, but he also goes two picks ahead of us in round eight. Ideally, you have I, some of these guys slide to you. We had a number of our targets taken a pick or two before we selected. That happens in drafts. I like the way we pivoted. Yeah, and I think when we look through it, the, for example, at the, the top of the draft, we obviously start off with the 102. We get chased, but we do get 
the fortune of some of the players that we were thinking about taking at certain spots with the turn. We ended up getting both of the guys, for example, the Pickens and Mike Evans selection. We got both of those. It was a few times we got both of the players that we wanted. So we can't be just, you know, oh, the players were taking two picks ahead of us at one point, but we were getting all this uh, value and, and players falling our way at the start. But I, I do think that on a different day, things may have fallen slightly different and we would be slightly more enthusiastic, I guess, about the overall. But the thing that you mentioned there, Sean, is when you look back through the overall draft board, sometimes you're wondering, ah, the team could be better in this way or that way. But then when you look through how the draft board fell, there's not a lot of things that you would change when you sit down and look directly at that. And that's what makes drafting so much fun. Each draft board gives you those little variations or, or differences. So overall, in, in hindsight and reflection, I'm pretty happy with this board. Is it the the perfect team that I would have you know, dreamed of having? Not exactly, but is it a team that I still like a lot? It is very much so. The one that you mentioned about things you could change one of the picks that could have possibly been different based on how things may have played out at the quarterback position would have been if we weren't pushed to take two quarterbacks when we did i think that's where i look at the second tight end at that point and greg dulcich did slide a little bit in this so there was a, a great value on him in the mid 14th round and sam laporta did go then uh, one pick after that there was quite a few tight ends went in rounds 13 and 14 and I think if Jordan Love isn't there and you take Schultz, Greg Dulcich, or Laporta potentially at the 146 pick, that would have allowed us to potentially wait then on the Desmond Ritter pick instead of Trey McBride. And we then would have freed up that Michael Mayer pick potentially to, to go in a different direction. But again, when we look at the players that go after Mayer in this scenario, it's Donovan Peoples-Jones, Mac Jones, who would have been kind of passing by at that point, Curtis Samuel, MBS number of other players then after that aren't really but you're into that tier that you talked about in round 16 that was Rondell Moore then Marvin Mims John Menchie take one Thornton Jaden Reed and I think you probably pick up one of those guys over where we took Michael Mayer but that is picking out the perfect board based on everything falling your way and that is not the way it's going to happen so if we pass on one of those players there's a good chance they all go in a different order so in hindsight Sean pretty pretty happy overall I want to give it a I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. What's your grade out of ten for the the roster here, uh, Colin? I I'm an enthusiast, and and it's an eleven out of ten. <laughs> well, I'm maybe more of a realist than understanding how you know the most you can get out of ten is ten. So I probably would stick with with that. You, you just can't go into these drafts and make big mistakes, and so unless you do. If you end up with the players that you like at good prices, one of the elements too with someone like a Trey McBride is that his valuation seems so far off that if you were going to draft him sort of relative to that, you would end up with an exposure level that doesn't really work. So it's one of the reasons why we're not going to be taking Mayer in every draft. We're not going to be taking McBride in every draft simply because you don't want to be to that level, but they do appear to have broken ADPs. I think that same thing is true of Pickett and Love. Maybe they don't excite you in the same way that some other QBs do, but if we had quarterbacks who massively surprise, as opposed to chasing a Geno Smith, chasing a Jared Goff, drafting a Derek Carr at the level that he's going at, making the play, with potential breakout quarterbacks is the way that you're going to be able to navigate some of this tricky QB pricing. It's not a guarantee. There are going to be some bets that you make that don't work out that kill some of those teams, but it's something to at least factor into your decision-making and make sure you're feathering them in at times because the upside relative to the price on those guys is very, very good. And so I think for that part of it, I am willing to go ahead and give us you know, the full score. We won't say the perfect score, but just the full score on that column. Really enjoyed this draft. Looking forward to some more. Yeah, awesome stuff. And uh, that's the perfect note again to end it on. We're full of enthusiasm. And don't be afraid to draft as much Trey McBride as you can physically do. I, I'll always be uh, on board with that. But that is going to wrap us up for today's bonus edition. As I mentioned, it is a draft edition. We did a BBM4 draft over at Underdog Fantasy. If you are signing up over at Underdog Fantasy, you can use the code RotoViz to get yourself a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100. 
If you are interested as well, you can sign up over at rotaviz.com. Get yourself a one-year NFL pass, which gets you access to all of the content and tools up on rotaviz.com. That code is RVRADIO2023. Use that at checkout. Save yourself 10%. We will be back on Monday with another edition. As always, make sure you are subscribed to the Rotoviz podcast feed. You get these episodes once they go live. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtimard. And my co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.